Welcome to Between the Lines. I'm Scott. And I'm Junior. And we're just going to get right into our daily reading for today, which is Matthew 12. Junior, you want to get started yep. for us? Matthew chapter 12 says this. At about that time, Jesus was walking through some grain fields on the Sabbath. I love how many stories happen on the Sabbath yeah. in the scripture. You know, th- this is like kind of like the, the start of like, oh, the story's going to be good. There's about yeah. to be some conflict. It's <laughs> Sabbath. You know, something's coming up. It's almost like when someone says, three guys walked into a bar. There's a joke coming. And here right. we know there's going to be a lesson. Yep. His disciples were hungry, so they began breaking off heads of grain and eating them. This is a very first century type thing. As you would yeah. walk, you could often, and it was okay. This was legal to grab some grain heads as you were walking and to eat them. But some Pharisees saw them do it and protested, look, your disciples are breaking the law by harvesting grain on the Sabbath. <laughs> it's just so funny, like these Pharisees, like they're walking around just trying to find stuff. Right. You know, just, that's what it is to be a critic. You're just looking for stuff. Yeah. It's one of those roll your eye moments to me, yeah. and yet they were serious about it. They were, they were. Jesus said to them, have you read in the scriptures what David did with his companions were hungry? He went into the house of God. He and his companions broke the law by eating the sacred loaves of bread that, that only the priests are allowed to eat. And haven't you read in the law of Moses that the priests on duty in the temple may work on the Sabbath? I tell you, there is one here who is even greater than the temple. Wow, that was quite a statement. statement Jesus was saying that he was greater than the temple, the holy place where the Spirit of God resides. A massive statement right there. But you would not have condemned my innocent disciples if you knew the meaning of the scripture. I want you to show mercy, not offer sacrifices. For the Son of Man is Lord even over the Sabbath. Yeah. Now, in another place, he had said the Sabbath is for man and not man for the Sabbath. But here, he is saying he is Lord of the Sabbath, which yeah. was the law of God, one of the Ten Commandments, right. that he was in charge of the Sabbath. Yep. Well, this, and the day's not even done. It's yeah. still Sabbath, and look what happens. Jesus. Yeah. It's almost like they called him out, and now Jesus is going to go almost, I don't want to say pick a fight. I don't know if that's fair to say, but yeah, he's about to go of, pick a fight. That's kind of what he's doing. Verse 9, Jesus went over to the, their synagogue where he noticed a man with a deformed hand. The Pharisees asked Jesus, does the law permit a person to work by healing on the Sabbath? So they just had that conversation. <laughs> they were hoping he would say yes so they could bring charges against him. And he answered, if you had a sheep that fell into a well on the Sabbath, wouldn't you work to pull it out? Of course you would. And how much more valuable is a person than a sheep? Yes, the law permits a person to do good on the Sabbath. Then he said to the man, hold out your hand. So the man held out his hand and it was restored just like the other one. So you think about that, just imagine that, the atrophied hand. I mean, not just a, this isn't just a hand moving. This is atrophy hand restoring, full restoration. Not just the nerves that probably were damaged that caused him to have a hand that didn't work, but the muscles and yeah. the tendons, the ligaments, everything immediately restored. Yep. Tradition says that this man could not work at all. No. And now he can work. Now he can bring a living to his family. So his family generations are changed just from this one so miracle. So many good things. That so you would have thought, wow, we would have been, oh, wow, I can't believe this. People are celebrating, but there's the group of, and this is always true of critics. As people celebrate, yeah, the group of critics get together wrong. to find something. And verse 14 says, and the Pharisees called the meeting to plot how to kill Jesus. They can't Man. celebrate. They're trying to find something wrong. I'll let you continue on verse 15, Dad. But Jesus knew what they were planning. So he left the area, and many people followed him. He healed all the sick among them, but he warned them not to reveal who he was. This fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah concerning him. Look at my servant whom I have chosen. He is my beloved who pleases me. I will put my spirit upon him, and he will proclaim justice to the nations. 
He will not fight or shout or raise his voice in public. He will not crush the weakest reed or put out a flickering candle. Finally, he will cause justice to be victorious and his name will be the hope of all the world. Man, I I love that prophecy. And here Matthew is saying this shows Jesus fulfilling that prophecy. Yep. Verse 22. Then a demon-possessed man who was blind and couldn't speak was brought to Jesus. He, Jesus, healed the man so that he could both speak and see. Again, we're, we're, these are like rapid-fire stuff being put in here, but just think about the celebrations going on when these things take place. The crowd was amazed and asked, could it be that Jesus is the son of David, the Messiah? But when the Pharisees heard about the miracle, they said, no wonder he can cast out demons. He gets his power from Satan, the prince of demons. And Jesus knew their thoughts and replied, any kingdom divided by civil war is doomed. A town or family splintered by feuding will fall apart. And if Satan is casting out Satan, he is divided and fighting against himself. His own kingdom will not survive. And if I am empowered by Satan, what about your own exorcists? They cast out demons too, so they will condemn you for what you have said. But if I am casting out demons by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has arrived among you. For who is powerful enough to enter the house of a strong man and plunder his, plunder his goods? Only someone even stronger, someone who could tie him up and then plunder his house. Anyone who isn't with me opposes me, and anyone who isn't working with me is actually working against me. And that's a massive statement right there yeah. because you just, you can't be on the fence when it comes to following no. Jesus. And, and I wonder how many times we try to stick on the fence. You know, we yeah. go into work or we're doing marriage or we're doing parenting or we're doing dating in such a way where we're thinking kind of on the fence here. I'm not really fully following Jesus. Jesus says, no, you're either fully following me or you're opposing me. And so even as we're listening to this podcast, ask yourself that question. Am I trying to sit on the fence? Or am I all in? Because there's no fence. No, there's not. You can't be kind of both. No, you are all in or you're not in at all. Now, verse 31 is a verse that we get a lot of emails about. This is probably one of the most asked questions that that we've got, at least that I've gotten over the years. And that is when Jesus says, and it's a very scary verse. It says, so I tell you, every sin and blasphemy can be forgiven, except blasphemy against the Holy Spirit, which can never be forgiven. What does that mean? Because yeah. that freaks a lot of people out. There's an unforgivable sin, blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. Yeah, I, I believe that what Jesus is talking about here is that when the Holy Spirit has made it absolutely clear, abundantly clear who Jesus is, and he has taken you to the very precipice of salvation to receive him into your life, and you reject that, that ultimate rejection is the one sin that cannot be forgiven. That is, <laughs> when you reject the source and your only source of forgiveness, then there is no forgiveness because how could you be forgiven if you reject the only one who can forgive you? And the way I answer it, I think I got this from you, but the way I answer it is if if you're worried about committing the sin of blasphemy against the Holy Spirit, you haven't done it. If you're actually concerned about it, you haven't done it. Because you would not be concerned as they were not concerned. There'd be no conviction about it. Verse 32 says, anyone who speaks against the Son of Man can be forgiven, but anyone who speaks against the Holy Spirit will never be forgiven, either in this world or in the world to come. Yeah. A tree is identified by its fruit. If a tree so is good. Did you, was I not reading good enough that you just took over reading well, for no, me? Well, no, I, or what I was stopped at verse 15 and then I picked up in verse 30. So I felt like it was, uh, yeah, it oh, was. Oh, you thought you'd share. I thought we'd share. 
Yeah, okay, you can, you can continue. <laughs> <laughs> this is a tree is identified by its fruit. If a tree is good, its fruit will be good. If a tree is bad, its fruit will be bad. You brought of snakes. Brood. Brood. Did I say broad? <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. It's one of those sounds days little, I got a headache. I'm tired. I don't think you're supposed to. You, you brought know. it. That sounds sexist. That's, <laughs> that is good. Brood. Because hey, it's brood of vipers is the way yeah. I'm used to. Sure. Yeah, yeah. How could evil men like you speak what is good and right? For whatever is in your heart determines what you say. That's a big statement. Whatever yeah. is in your heart determines yeah. it. So whenever yeah. we say, I just said it, it came from your heart. Yeah. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart, and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. I know we don't want to speak. I, I just have to say this because I think this is a big deal based on what you had just said as well. It's not something we just said. I, I always have to ask myself when I say something that I shouldn't have said and I didn't mean to say, I have to examine my heart. Yeah. Don't give yourself that pass because it did come from somewhere. Even when I say things that I realize, man, that was terrible. I shouldn't have said that. I have to examine my heart and say, but why did I? Yeah. It wasn't why just a did fluke. I? And let me get that heart problem figured out, not just the fact that I said something I shouldn't have. Yeah. Jesus says, I tell you this, you must give an account on judgment day for every idle word you speak. Wow. Yeah. The words you say will either acquit or condemn you. Mm. Verse 38, I'll let you take it from here, Dad. One day, wow, I didn't realize this is a long chapter, yeah. so we better that's, go. That's why I was trying yeah. to break it up. One day, some teachers of religious law and Pharisees came to Jesus and said, Teacher, we want you to show us a miraculous sign to prove your authority. But Jesus replied, only an evil, adulterous generation would demand a miraculous sign. But the only sign I will give them is the sign of the prophet Jonah. For as Jonah was in the belly of the great fish for three days and three nights, so will the Son of Man be in the heart of the earth for three days and three nights, foretelling his death and resurrection. The people of Nineveh will stand up against this generation on Judgment Day and condemn it, for they repented of their sins at the preaching of Jonah. Now someone greater than Jonah is here but you refuse to repent. The queen of Sheba also stand up in judgment, will also stand up against this generation on judgment day and condemn it. For she came from a distant land to hear the wisdom of Solomon. Now someone greater than Solomon is here, but you refuse to listen. When an evil spirit leaves a person, it goes into the desert seeking rest, but finding none. And then it says, I will return to the person I came from. So it returns and finds its former home empty, swept in an order. Then the spirit finds seven other spirits more evil than itself, and they all enter the person and live there. And so that person is worse off than before. That will be the experience of this evil generation. And Junior, why don't you uh, close off yeah. uh, reading the next uh, scripture? As Jesus was speaking to the crowd, his mother and brother stood outside asking to speak to him. Someone told Jesus, your mother and your brothers are standing outside. They want to speak to you. And this is his response here is actually a good response when yeah. it comes to worship of Mary. Because look what Jesus says, who is my mother or my brothers? Then he pointed to his disciples and said, look, these are my mother and my brothers. Anyone who does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. He wasn't being disrespectful to no. his mother at all, but he was saying, this is what matters, is doing the will of God. And yeah. so uh, it's somewhat what I used to tell you when you were young and your siblings. We used to say all the time, it matters so much to us that, that you are our kids, that you are our family. But the truth is, the real family that's going to matter is when you join the family of God. Yep. And so even our familiar relationship 
really only matters in that we were spiritually related and yeah. part of that family. Yep. Hey, I know we're using up a lot of time here, but let me get to Proverbs. Uh, we, we want you to read Proverbs chapter 12 as well. Great chapter. Just one verse I want to highlight right now, and that's the first verse, and I love this. To learn, you must love discipline. It is stupid to hate correction. Yep. Some of the most loving things that have ever been said to me have been things that have been said in correction. And the great gain benefit only comes from that when we have the humility to listen to those that lovingly correct us. Yep, embrace the discipline. All right, we'll make it a, make it a good day today. Yeah, we'll see Thanks you again for joining us.